Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Jillian O'Brien. Jillian, you are the founder in residence of Pilot, and Pilot is found on the web at pilot.com. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe where I live in the neck of the woods, but, you know, when I think of Pilot, I think of the 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 travel centers all over, but that's not what your Pilot does. Pilot has been around for a little while. What does pilot.com do? Yeah, so uh, common misconception, um, but Pilot uh, sets up and operates the entire financial stack for startups um, and growing businesses, SMBs. Um, So basically we do finance, accounting, tax, and we also do higher level CFO services like investor reporting. Um, So back in the day, you would have to use like an old school accounting firm to manage that for you. Uh, But now Pilot can kind of take away all of that headache. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, you know, what I like is I'm on the website right now, pilot.com, and you click on pricing and it's all there, uh, you know, starting from like $5.99 a month for, you know, basic bookkeeping. Um, but can you, and we'll get into that a little bit, you know, when we talk about use, you know, engagement and so forth, but can you give us just a quick uh, history lesson? So, and, and also you're going to have to explain for me, Jillian, what a founder in residence is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can start with the, you know, what is a founder in residence? So um, I myself am a former founder. Um, I'm not the founder of Pilot, just founder in residence at Pilot. Um, In winter 2019, um, I had started a company called Cherry that was um, also serving B2B, was in the HR, you know, perks and benefits space. I went through Y Combinator. Um, I ended up having to shut down my company uh, with the um, our fundraise kind of coinciding with the pandemic. Um, I went on to be a really early employee and chief of staff at another startup and YC company. Um, but you know, that founder bug is kind of always there. And so, um, really what founder in residence means is, um, I work at pilot on our founder community. Um, I am kind of looking at like the founder experience with our product, you know, from the very top of the funnel, all the way through like sales and onboarding. Um, And, you know, from a personal perspective, uh, there's kind of the understanding that, you know, I want to be a founder again. Um, And so that title, you know, serves also the function of helping me kind of, you know, set that up. Yeah, well, and it's nice. I I would imagine your founder clients probably appreciate someone, you know, in leadership who's very empathic to the founder process. Yeah, definitely. I think um, there really is a specific way that you have to talk to founders and sell to them. Um, A lot of the, I think, traditional uh, tactics really don't work on founders because they're, you know, more savvy. Um, So yes, I really love to 
kind of sit in across the board with the process and help founders think through things. And um, yeah, I think that that is appreciated. All right. So take us through why Pilot would be a really great solution uh, for someone that needs financial services. And, you know, they're, they might be early stage, they might be you know, maybe second stage, you know, in terms of like their, their startup uh, journey. Um, but where does pilot kind of fit in? And and how does pilot make that process a lot easier than just saying, I don't know, hiring a local bookkeeper somewhere? Yeah, so I mean, you know, work, working on your, um, or owning your accounting and finances and back office, you know, that really is not something that a founder should be doing. Um, primarily because, it's not going to move the needle on your business. Like you, it's something that is necessary that you have to set up in order to exist um, and avoid, you know, any issues with the IRS to, you know, kind of continue doing business, but it's not going to help you find product market fit. It's not going to help you raise money, get customers, get employees. It's just one of those functions that needs to occur. So, um, you know, a founder should not be spending time trying to kind of figure out or master that area on their own. Um, it, you know, is a huge time suck away from the important things that, you know, they should be working on things that like, you know, make their beer taste better as it is. Um, and so, you know, the question then does become what you're saying, like knowing that you have to do this, it's a matter of, you know, which provider, which vendor are you going to choose? Um, you know, pilot is founded by, uh, entrepreneurs who this is their third business. So they really understand uh, what founders are going through. They've, you know, been founders for most of their careers. Um, and I think, you know, that shows in the fact that we have over a thousand uh, startups as customers. Uh, we've been around for five years. We've kind of really seen it all. So um, in terms of, you know, why Pilot, Pilot just gets it. Um, and they really are extremely founder friendly and wanting to uh, support founders even beyond bookkeeping and finance, uh, we do tons of events and offerings um, that help, you know, all, all kind of levels of founder life. So that's why I would say you should choose Pilot. Yeah. And and Jillian, you've done a lot of speaking, um, you know, about entrepreneurship, startups, company culture, branding, building, that sort of thing. Um, what are your, like, what are the things that you like to speak on from the stage most these days? Yeah. So, I mean, I love speaking about, um, you know, kind of first time founder life and, and mistakes. I think um, I was someone who was very young. I was 23 when I uh, decided that I wanted to start a business. Um, I, you know, was very passionate, very energetic, but I made a lot of um, mistakes. Um, a lot of them too, having to do with, you know, just lack of confidence, feeling like uh, I have to, you know, listen to investors or, you know, just kind of all the chatter and advice that's sort of out there for startup founders. Um, and so, you know, I really kind of like providing a different perspective on that, um, you know, helping people who I sort of see myself in young founders, female founders, uh, find their footing. Um, and yeah, I, I think I've had the experience, uh, you know, really that like day one um, MVP kind of experience with my own company. And then um, when I was an early employee and chief of staff at Dover, um, I really saw a company scale from like seed to series A. So I also really enjoy talking about, um, you know, the things that are necessary for that hiring um, culture, you know, how to kind of create a lasting um, brand. So yeah, I, I think my interests are always kind of expanding. Yeah. Um, no one, no, no founder ever makes mistakes. I should, I should also say. So I don't know. It's, it's, 
no. So listeners, can you talk about kind of like the, that, that, that fear of making mistakes, a perfectionist? Cause I think that there, you know, there's a lot of us that are, you know, first off, I think personality wise, if we're going to put our heart and soul into something and we care very deeply about our impact in the world and what we want to do, um, it can be really disheartening when we, you know, maybe it's no fault of our own. Maybe we did screw up. I don't know. But it's like that fear of mistakes, I think, sometimes can really be a stumbling block in its own right. Yeah. Sometimes it is. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I think, um, I think if you are conscientious, uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard to, you you know, there's a certain amount of like brazenness that you have to have as a founder. Um, and that can be difficult. Um, you know, I think particularly like when you're a female founder, when you are a first time founder, a young founder. Um, and I, I think that that's because there's a lot of like imposter syndrome that, um, happens. And I think that, you know, it's not that, um, older or like, you know, male founders are immune to this. They experience it as well. But from my perspective, um, yeah, I mean, I resonate with what you're saying. I was really excited about being a founder, but at the same time, um, that kind of insecurity crept up of like, you know, have I tricked, you know, people into, you know, giving me funding? Do I belong here? Uh, you know, I, I don't kind of recognize myself in any of the people that I'm surrounded by. So I don't really know if, um, you know, my intuition is correct, or if I should be listening to, uh, you know, these people who are older, mm-hmm. who have, you know, seen it before. And I think, um, my kind of big realization or my founder journey really was, uh, noticing that when I was kind of following, um, the advice that I got, even from amazing institutions, like, um, like YC, when I was following it to a T and taking like a very academic approach to being a founder, um, it wasn't working. And it was only when um, we kind of threw away all of the advice and said, you know what, actually, we know the most about our own business that we spend, you know, 24 seven on, let's kind of do things differently, let's follow our own um, insights. That's when things kind of started to work. So um, yeah, I think that that's very important. Um, and that was one of the big mistakes that I made kind of early on. Uh, you were uh, at least, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I saw that you were, you know, at least on Pilot's um, social media, you're talking about the founder salary report. Um, what do you know? And maybe you do have some insights on what founders get paid or when they get paid, that sort of thing. Do you, do you have some insights on that? Yeah, I think this is another thing. One of the reasons that I love working at Pilot, um, and I was just sort of saying this to um, one of my colleagues today, is I really feel like Pilot is maybe the only or definitely one of the only um, sources of information like this, you know, places that's trying to gather that information and is very like open and helpful and public about what we're finding. Um, You know, another kind of piece of that, like imposter syndrome, you know, when I was a founder in 2019 was a lot of investors that I had, you know, sort of, you know, gave us this idea that like, you know, as a founder, you should be struggling immensely. You know, you should be like sleeping on the floor and, you know, eating ramen and, uh, you know, barely afford, Mm. like, should have holes in your shoes, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and I think that there are a lot of founders who have that experience, but, um, something that our CEO has said that I really resonate with is you have to pay yourself enough that you can actually focus on your business. Like you, you have to pay yourself enough that you're not worried about your rent and your health. 
uh, so that you can actually accomplish what you need to do. And I think that um, that's where the perspective is kind of shifting in, in recent years. Then in terms of the founder salary report, we surveyed um, over 500 founders. Um, and ultimately, I think we came to, um, you know, there was a lot of conclusions in that data, but the average salary that we saw for a founder was, I think about, you know, between 100 and 120,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, I, I listen, I, I think there, those of us, especially based on our background, you know, it's like, you know, living destitute, living as poorly and kind of, almost, you know, kind of showing that to the rest of the team, you know, we kind of wear that as a bad, some of us, uh, I'm not saying me, but, uh, you know, early, especially in the early days, you know, we wear that as a badge of honor, but the reality is like, you know, if you're dealing with that stress, um, that you become, I can speak for myself. I'm not able to be present at the level that I need to be for my team, my customers, my shareholders, my investors, like they need me to be on in the game, like when I need to be in the game. And so, yeah, is it an investment? Yeah, it's it's investing in ourselves as founders is part of the investment in the company is my argument. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. And, you know, again, this was an early mistake that I made was sort of feeling like, you know, well, that's what people who are older and wiser say. So that's how I should live as well. And um, my co-founder and I really took that approach for a while. Um, I think that there's maybe also like, you know, founder outcomes can be um, really incredible. You know, as a founder, everyone wants to have the outcome where, you know, you're super rich and you have hundreds of millions of dollars because of your startup. So maybe there's like some feeling that if you really struggle in the beginning that, you know, you feel more deserving of that in the end or less guilty or I don't, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, that was a mistake. You know, when, when we were living that way, um, we were not able to accomplish like what we needed to, even things like, um, you know, pulling multiple all-nighters to, um, you know, get products out. There's like a, a level of um, uh, like encouraged burnout too that mm, also kind of happens yeah. like with the founder community. And then you start to realize like these things are actually hurtful in the long term. Like we can't make meaningful progress if we're not sleeping and, you know, yeah, we're, we're concerned about, you know, just sort of like um, health and security things like Uh, so yeah, I, I think that the, um, especially with the pandemic and sort of all of the focus that came for mental health and on workers in general, not just founders, um, that conversation has definitely shifted. And I think more people are open to that idea now. Um, you know, and I want to ask you too, because it sounds like maybe you've addressed this and I'm curious about your view of the role of female founders, both in, especially kind of in you know, in in San Francisco area. And what have you been your observations over the years? Just about like what it means? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think if we were to stereotype, you know, maybe like five, 10 years ago, it was much more bro-y from my perspective Mm -hmm. than maybe it is today. And I, I hope we've made progress. Although I know for certain there's still a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has their own experience with it. Um, you know, anytime that I've spoken to another female founder or even just, um, you know, a woman who is working in tech, you know, there's an amount of, you know, stories that get traded about, you know, this was said or done, you know, was that professional, uh, you know, is that your experience? And there's like uncertainty there. 
Um, but I think someone that I really admire is Mathilde Collin and um, she's the founder of Front. She was one of the investors in Cherry. And she also writes about sort of being a female founder. And her perspective was like, you know, I just kind of try not to think about it. Um, you know, I'm a CEO, I'm a founder first and foremost. And, um, you know, my gender really should not be coming into the conversation um, or like really be a major consideration. So um, I do think that that's important. Um, I think you know, the less that you can think about it, the better. There was um, a period of time, you know, again, as I was getting used to being a founder and, um, you know, kind of starting to come to terms with the idea. I had always worked in female dominated industries. So suddenly being in um, an environment where I was one of the only women was uh, like just weird. Um, and I was getting used to it. You get a lot of strange, uh, meaningless advice, you know, things like, um, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do your nails because investors will think that you, you know, have the time to do that. And you shouldn't, you know, showcase that you have to have the time to do that. Very strange, hacky things. Um, and I would say like my advice for female founders is just to, you know, continue just being yourself and really not like take those things into consideration because they shouldn't matter one way or the other. Um, so yeah, but overall, do I think things are generally getting better? Yes. Mm. Um, and yeah, I would hope that it just kind of continues on that trend. <laughs> yeah. So finally, I, you know, I certainly want to talk about, um, so if someone were to go to pilot right now, um, you know, what would you recommend um, if they're like, ooh, um, well, this sounds great. Yes, I would like, um, you know, I, I definitely, you know, again, I'll just speak on from my perspective you do not want to be doing your own bookkeeping. Like the more time that you're spending on the, you know, kind of this whole, oh, I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. Ha, ha, ha. I'm right. like, yeah, I don't think you want us to be saying that. And you definitely don't want to be doing it. And so right. competent, you know, experts and competent, you know, um, you know, folks within the organization are going to allow you as the founder to do what only you can do. And, yeah. oh gosh, I would say, I, 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 you know, the financial stuff is the very, you know, bringing competent financial support staff is like one of the very first things I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that work. Yeah. Um, but, but when someone goes to pilot.com, like, what would you recommend that they do? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, if they're at that point where, um, they want to, you know, they're starting a company, they're in the early stages. Um, even if they're a little bit later, you know, series a series B and they, they want to, you know, get this off of their plate, off of their team's plate. They want to be able to have the time and, and resources to focus on the things that are really going to, again, like make, make their beer taste better. Um, I would say, you know, they should look at our site. We have, um, a few different core products, bookkeeping, tax, um, CFO services, R&D tax credit, you know, there's different things for them to kind of explore and choose from. Um, but, you know, just setting up that initial call and figuring out, you know, is Pilot the right fit? Um, and of course, you know, founders, because, you know, I am the founder in residence and totally focused on the founder community, they can also always reach out to me directly um, to talk about anything, you know, whether it's uh, Pilot related and figuring out again, you know, is this the right move right now? or about any of the things that we've discussed today, you know, shutting down a company um, for hiring first employees, fundraising, you know, any of that. So um, yeah, just really reaching out. Awesome. Yep. Bookkeeping, CFO services, tax, it's all available at pilot.com. So Jillian O'Brien, founder and residence. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.